Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dead Ball Specialist. I am your host, Harry, and we are back from a two-week hiatus. So what did we miss? Skulls nailed his United Liverpool prediction. West Ham break the top four, and T Town sales. <laughs> that was the joke, Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> and T Towel sales rocket in the northeast. <laughs> um, as always, I'm joined by my three co-hosts, Nathan, Scott, and Richard. How are we doing? Very well. Be Thank you. Lovely. Yeah. yeah, I imagine that Richard is obviously very happy. Um, we. It, in, I mean, we were talk. We, we, I think in the last episode, we might have even took the piss out of the fact that you know this takeover is never going to happen. And yeah. then in the literally, I think it was the day after the episode released, it all went through really quickly. So I think that's going to be the top thing we're going to discuss today. So should we get straight to it? It's a Newcastle. They've finally binned Ashley. Oh well, he's binned you uh, and made a um, decent bit of money off you. And now Newcastle, te- well, they're technically the richest club in the world, aren't they? Yeah, apparently so. Um, we'll see with all the financial fair play what actually ends up happening and how quick it can happen. But the talk was 190 million for the January window, so we'll see. And that team really needs it, but it's it's much deeper than the team. It's the facilities, the youth teams, like a proper academy system. And, you know, actually, and I know the, the word that's the cliche now about the hope and ambition, but there actually is a bit of that now. So we'll see what, what ends up happening there. So how much did Ashley get for the club? 300 million, I think. Fucking hell. And he wanted 350. It's uh, pants down. Yeah, which yeah. was it. Wasn't he actually going to get 350 before uh, the Premier League initially intervened the first time and cancelled it? Quite possibly, yeah. I think it was initially. Three, that was the sort of talk. Mm. Yeah. 350 was a figure that I'd kind of seen a lot. But I mean, how much did he buy the club for back in the day? Like, uh, that was like 100, 100 million, wasn't it? Something Four packets of trolls from Greg's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he made a lot of money on the club, for sure. Yeah. And he was, you know, running it, you know, very stringently. As the Newcastle fans are like to tell you, you know, no, not much net spend. So, uh, Many years of yeah. free advertising as well. Oh, Direct. All right. I was there for their first match with the new owners and it is everywhere Sports Direct, not just on the lip of the stadium. Every single hall you walk down, every, even like on the boxes and stuff, just Sports Direct, Sports Direct, Sports Direct. It's excellent. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like, because I think that the take has obviously been talked to death on like, like media outlets, but as a Newcastle fan yourself, Richard, like what does the takeover actually mean to you? You mentioned the word hope. But what does it actually yeah. mean to you in terms of moving forward? Like, what are your expectations? You know, how how soon do you expect like the benefit to be like seen on the field? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, realistically, it'll be a few transfer windows. Um, I'm personally judging it so it's three to five seasons, probably five seasons. Um, and I think what people need to realize is Newcastle fans are pretty patient. Uh, very loyal as well. I know that's a cliche, but we've waited a long time. We can wait a bit longer. And as long as they they actually try, they invest properly and everything's sort of aligned. Stavely wanted to buy the club for a number of years. So she's clearly been eyeing this up for a long time. So they must have a vision. If we end up appointing, by all accounts, it seems like that fun second guy. Um, you know, th- there is a lot of ambition there. Early signs, so we need to see if they carry that on. You know, the jury's out, and that we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm positive about it for sure. 
I've got a question for you then with this current 190 million. When you look at your current squad, who do you keep? If anyone? Uh, Joe Linton. <laughs> <laughs> Callum Joe, Wilson, uh, surely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the big ones there. Um, you're looking at probably Bravka. I think he's like a proper class keeper. Um, we need an entire new defence. And yeah, I'd say in the midfields, if you have to clear out, probably keep Joe Willock. Same I would keep Miguel Almiron. I love him. What's, to be fair. what's what's the contract situation with all these players? Are they there for another couple of years? Because I can't see anybody being interested in buying them. I'm sure they can make them a good offer. Or I mean, for the people to get rid of. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, if they like Joe Linton's probably got at least three years left, see. Mm-hmm. But I think from a, I suppose it's on a personal level for each player how much they value their playing career. So if they ended up getting phased out didn't get to play at all. Now, Newcastle have had a few sponges. And uh, I know there's some other clubs in mention, the fans on this podcast that have had some sponges too. And Jack Rodwell. <laughs> yeah, so that's who I was thinking, yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's been a few at United and Spurs. Thing is, though, I think, but, uh, yeah. I think, like, you say that, Scott, but then there's always a buyer, I think. Like, you look at, um, was it Sebastian Haller, who plays for Ajax now, like he flopped pretty much in the Premier League, and then you you look, he goes and goes to Ajax, and his career is kind of like taken off again. So I mean, like, there's always yeah, an option for clubs around Europe to pick up type of players. I think the ones proved. that will struggle the most are the average English and British based players. They're probably the ones that will struggle the most that's, to get moved. That's what I'm saying. Like Haller proved in Germany he could play, mm-hmm. uh, but I was referring to like your Kieran Clarks, your. Jeff Hendricks, your John Joe Shelby's, those type of players. Would you keep Shelby? Um, Great player. I have, I, well, look, I have a soft spot for him, but I think he should just join a, a decent enough championship team. It's his kind of level where he bosses it. He's proved that multiple times. He, I, I don't know. He's too hit and miss. He's too inconsistent, and he is pretty injury prone. Um, you're, pay, you're paying him seventy grand a week. He isn't leaving. Is he on 70 grand well, a week? Yeah. He is indeed, yes. Jesus Christ. Well, I see the thing with the money is I'm not worried about money. Well, well no, you really, wouldn't I'm, be, would you? Rich with the blood of the innocent? Well, no, but, ah, well, here we go. When was the last time you got an Uber, Nathan? I went on a plane. <laughs> well, I don't know. Wait, what are you accusing Nathan of? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I've got slave planes or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but... The PIF sponsor, well, not sponsored, they've invested in loads and loads of different businesses. And you've probably, you're a fan of The Mandalorian. So, yeah. like, they, they've they've invested in Disney. Disney, obviously, are involved with the making of The Mandalorian. So like, Twitter, I think, they're invested in Twitter. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's an interesting conversation, Joe, because it's the same argument you make with any of us. Like, you see the people who were like, you know, kind of blocking the roads to things like Britain and they're, they're recording people on their iPhones. And it's like, well, what argument are you trying to have here? Like, and but I think it is a conversation. That obviously, has been done to death, in the, especially in the last two weeks, about you know the efficacy, uh, like the that the, the the ethical debate around like you know the owners or the, the investors in Newcastle. And I think you know there's obvious criticisms that are there. And like, but then you look at the likes of Chelsea, Man City. You know, this debate yeah. wasn't really had when they were taken over. And I, it, say- I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's a defense of Newcastle fans because I've uh, heard a lot of Newcastle fans say, "Well, what about them?" And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't take away from the fact that your current owner is like, you know, you know what what the regime has done. And I think 
it's not it isn't a defense but it's also you know it's the fact that we should have had that conversation the conversation should have been had when those clubs were taken over by those people but I think it's a good thing that the conversation is being had now um obviously the, the interesting thing at Crystal Palace with the banner where uh they held that banner and uh the it was the Newcastle owners they uh reported to the police didn't they uh yeah I got well they got uh, reported to police I don't know who reported it but it's probably in what in what in what name like you know how Obviously, in terms of legally, how, why have they reported that to the police? Isn't surely that's like a civil matter because it's more it's it's libel rather than yeah. or oh, sl- it's slander. Cool. Yeah, it's slander rather than rather than a criminal did, offense. Did it, did it not have an effigy of the guy with a like a someone's head off? I don't think he was cutting someone's head off. Well, I think it was the action of the he had the sword, didn't he? But I mean. Like, I, I just think legally it's, it's more of a civil matter rather than a criminal one. I think, and plus, like, it'd be very hard for the. I think the way the English justice system works in terms of civilly, like, it'd be a case of like the people who held up the banner would then have to prove that the claims that they were making were true. Whereas, like, in places like America, it's it's the burden of proofs on the person saying, like, you know, what you're saying is a lie. But I mean, I don't think what they put up is technically wrong. Like, you, no. know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's very much like. Don't say that about us, even though it is true, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting, and like it, I find it fascinating as well, like how quick the Premier League, like other Premier League clubs, have kind of stepped up to try and block as much investment as possible. Um, you know, I think it, it is very hypocritical, especially with clubs like you know Man City, Chelsea. You know, you look at the other big clubs that have had massive money put into them. I think it's very, it, it feels very much like they don't want another. Yeah. But big, it's big name at the it, table, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. It's all about the here and the now, isn't it? Yeah. Newcastle are now a threat to these clubs getting into Europe and obviously making more money. We're not so right now. No, so long. like Daniel Levy was the main person behind that, wasn't he? So so reports say, and you can mm. bet your bottom dollars because he knows that Newcastle are going to be a threat to his income. Well, yeah, I think they'll definitely be challenging for like tenth or eleventh. So, yeah, that's generous. I've got a point to make about Spurs' league position later. Yeah, but uh, we are going to get to them, Nathan. Um, oh, it's not what I'm talking about, Spurs. But uh, it, I think overall, it's going to be interesting. I think obviously it's all very good, you know, the fact that Newcastle have had this takeover, but. There's a massive issue in front of them now of trying to stay in the league. Is it Graham Jones who's in charge at the moment? Yeah, no, man, I, I'm honestly not too worried. Uh, I think, you know, really? this was Pope. Why? Well, because <laughs> the, we've got a gen, like January it, transfer window. We can bring in some new people. We can also get a new can't manager. Can't buy 25 in. players. No, but you can <laughs> You can definitely improve it this, with say, four or five players. That you can say it might be. Team. I think Nathan said it a while. Uh, it might have been Nathan or Scott who said it in the last episode. That at that point, it could be too late. Yeah, yeah. it's the same. There's two months at that point between then and like, January. You could have all the money in the world. You can have the 190 million that's apparently been thrown about. But if you're cut adrift at the bottom, what decent player is going to want to risk it? You're going to have to do a Sunderland. Well, no, man, because it depends on the manager they bring in. Like, by all accounts, the people that they're looking to get in seem like good fit. Um, but if, if you're cut, yeah. if you're 20 points cut off the bottom at the end of January... Yeah, but I don't doesn't think matter. it's going to come you, to that. Though. No, but hypothetically now, 
even if appointing Pep Guardiola and your 20 points cut off the drift, I don't think that's going to be attempted enough for good players to come. Luke Cox. Nine games in, you got four points. Yeah, and we, we had Steve Bruce and a little bit of Graham Jones there. And <laughs> like we say, when we bring in a proper manager, there's some decent players in that team. They are way, they're playing way worse than what they could do. And I didn't not, say them when I was in the match. And the, and say, the thing is as well, like but Bruce has gone now. To, they were poor, yeah, they were but, poor the weekend. Like that, him going hasn't improved. Yeah, because we go back to the Newcastle Spurs game. Granted, you can talk tactics. Bruce didn't do this. Bruce didn't do that. They didn't put any fight into it. No, I, I was Granted, there they, and... they rode the wave for the first five minutes. And then after that, it's just they downed tools. I think you guys, you're, you're jumping to, you know, like, we're going to appoint a new manager. And obviously, you can get that new manager bounce. Like, it's, you know, I, I'm genuinely Fuck. not worried yet. Let me know when that comes. Let's say you could you could appoint Jesus Christ. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. You're going to be you're going to be in a relegation battle, like very yeah, close. possibly. Yeah. But I'm I'm genuinely not that worried at this point because we have a whole window. We've got a bunch of money. We're getting a new manager in. There's some decent players in that team. Not many, but a few. Get them playing a better style of football. Bring you know, better morale to the place. And you can see like even a shit manager like Solskjaer, the thing that he can do. Is he, he brought that bounce? He brought the culture back to the club and the happiness to the club. And that's only that's gone as far as it can go now, right? Yeah. And the thing it, is, if we bring in a bit of that feel-good factor, it will lift the morale. You know, players will see the facilities improving. Hopefully, they're actually starting to work on that. You know, I think, I, I, as I say, not worried. I, I will make a judgment call at the end of January and when we do another podcast, and it's like, oh shit, we haven't done this or that, or we could be flying. Teams go on runs. Well, yeah. either way, they need to do better than you in the fantasy league. <laughs> uh, we'll get how to about that. the prediction? How about the predictions league, though, Nathan? How are we Who doing? about that? No one likes predictions. <laughs> this this <laughs> bit, that one have the actual forfeit? Though? This bit just reminds me of like Nate and Connor in like that press conference when they're on like CBC money. He's like, <laughs> bring me, bring me my coffee. <laughs> 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 um, right. So moving on from Newcastle takeover, I think like obviously. It is like highly debated about whether or not it's the it's the right thing eth- ethically, but I think for Newcastle it's a great thing. And like you know, even if they did you know get relegated this season, you'd imagine they'd bounce straight back up, and then you know they could build if it's done sensibly. Um, but yeah, so moving on to our next one, Man United, um, Nathan. Oh well, <laughs> sort of teed me up here after giving him a slagging and then having having to come out. To the <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've got absolutely no defence to them. Uh, it, like the last two matches, when we missed out with Leicester as well, they weren't as I said in the chat. It wasn't a case of oh, you know, they got beat, but it was close. It was an absolute demolition from minute one to minute ninety. It was embarrassing. Liverpool should have won that game eight eight nil, if not more. It wasn't Cop, close. Cop to- uh, take his foot off the accelerator, didn't he? I think he told his boys just to chill when they hit five. Yeah. Well, I suppose when Pogba comes on and nearly breaks one of their players' legs, it's, um, you're probably thinking, all right, slow the game down. Don't want to cause an injury to any of your key players. Um, mm. Also, even though he's a toe-sucking freak, I do agree with what Skull said about Pogba. I would be so, so happy if he just never put on a Man United shirt again. It, the fact that he got red carded a couple of minutes after coming on and just laughed his way off the pitch. Mm. Joke. Absolute joke of a man. 
And Maguire's interview today summed it sort of up for me when he was trying to defend Ollie, and then he just brazenly and openly said that they don't really look at analysis after matches when they lose. They don't look mm. at possession, they don't look at tackles one lost, where they were lost. He just his words were we could let in stupid goals, we need to figure out how to fix it. That is awful for a team that are meant to be trying to win the league. Yeah. If Fergie stepped in and told the board to give Solskjaer a further chance, I, I really, really can't understand it. Um, Has he I, actually? Yeah, so per- Fergie's part of the board. And um, that was part of what was said, that he was the one that was like pushing to give him three more matches. Uh, yeah, but based on, did, based on that, that match on Sunday, did you guys see anything that you could see that would say this guy should continue on this job? I mean, we, I think I've been very much in like the Oli outcome for a while. And I'm not a Man United fan, but I just thing is, is, I think everyone can see that he's taken them as far as he can. I think, you know, Richard just said it there before about the Oli experiment that like he brought a certain coach to the club. It had a good start, but he's taken them as far as he can. And like, you know, I feel bad for him because I feel like the board have been very smart in the sense of hiring him and giving mm-hmm. him that long contract because like they can always fall back. He's a club legend. We've got to give him more time. Like, you know, whereas I think if it was someone who had no real association with the club other than that they were like hired as the manager, there would be, I think, you know, a lot more outrage if he had been, you know, kept on this long with this poor run of form. And I think that because he's a club legend, like, you know, there's that kind of like, nostalgia is not probably not the right word, but, you know, there's that that positive sentiment. Yeah, there's that positive sentiment towards him where like there's not, you know, he still has defenders. And I feel like, like at some point, you know, like with Jose Mourinho or Dave, like David Moyes must be sitting there thinking like, fuck me, I got like Trent harshly, considering how well he's doing with West Ham. And like, um... I mean, you look at the differences in the squad and the money spent. Like, I think that, you know, he must be feeling like I've been hard done by here because all he's been given, like, you know, realistically, he's not done much again. It was really bad under Moyes, but... Yeah. And Moyes had, well. yeah. Moyes, Moyes had the impossible job. Moyes had the impossible job. Straight after uh, Alex a couple was it a couple months ago, maybe six months ago, when Tony Cruz revealed that he was meant to sign for United under Moyes, and Moyes turned down the chance to have him. That's Is that when he was available for like twenty million from uh, Bayern. Yeah. yeah, didn't he and, sign? Didn't he want Fellaini instead? Yeah, and he said no, no, thank you. I, I do not want Tony Cruz. I would like Marwan Fellaini. <laughs> It was all. It was all at the same time. Good bit of business there. Yeah, before the league started, the United Nations. It's the same time that I think um, wasn't it. Fabregas was leaving Barcelona, and he tried like really hard, like close to the deadline, to get him, and then he ended up going to Chelsea. Mm. But uh, he tried. He tried to get Daniele De Rossi as well, and he just said no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you know what it is? I feel like I I feel honestly bad for him. I feel that like he could do a job at, at, at the club. But just not in a manager. Manager says I just don't think he has it. Like I, the, I agree. I feel the bad biggest for him. alarm bell should be that no matter how poor you are or in form you are, the one game you should be up for as a Man United fan and a Man United player is Liverpool at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely. like like with Spurs now. The biggest alarm bells for me, and that's when it t- turned for me to that Nuno's not the man. Is how we just rolled over to Arsenal. And just no fight and you think fuck if we can't get up for this game this the biggest game in our season what chance do we have no I completely agree and um, I honestly wish so badly that Ollie had done well and I thought 
something that showed maybe he just wasn't thinking correctly is if you look at United's two first team coaches, I can't remember the name of the other one, but one's Michael Carrick, and neither of them had ever coached before becoming his wasn't he, coaches. Wasn't that of a guy like under 23? He's like, he was something to do with fitness or something, wasn't he? I, I, I don't know yeah, if I'm way off with this. He's now the, him with Carrick are the first team coaches in charge yeah. of training yeah. players day to day. It's like fucking Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the thing is, it's sad. Like I, I, I obviously I love like the old Man United teams, and like seeing Ronaldo come back, we all had that really. I think everyone had that bit of a hype feeling of him coming back to the Premier League. Yeah. And I just feel that like even if he does stay next year, I know he's got a two year contract, but like it feels like this is like the the chance. And he, like, yeah. I feel yeah. under the right manager, like they could, they they really could have been pushing. And I feel that like the who who have they got this weekend? They've got Spurs, Spurs, Spurs and then and is it City. City? And I feel like they might get something from Spurs, but then City, I think. Then again, like Soldiers, Soldier is, uh, I can't say this, Solskjaer is like, he's he's done well against City in, in the past, but mm-hmm. you feel like with these two games, if they don't come away from it with at least three points. Yeah, that, it's, that's, that's, I mean, like you could argue the title challenge is gone now anyway, but. Oh, it is. Yeah. But we started, oh, that was the point I was going to make. So we did a lot of mocking of, Arsenal and Spurs and their really poor performances and getting battered. Uh, United are actually level with Arsenal right now and behind Spurs in the league. Yeah. Um, uh, Norwich is the only team who have conceded less. Yeah. It's crazy, that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, They can't defend. They obviously got Varane. um, He's coming back, isn't he? Well, I was going to pick up on a point with the whole Ronaldo thing, and I've, I've seen this being talked about whether he's actually hindering. Like nice yeah. development, and I think, in a way, he kind of is just the style that he plays. This is what they're all talking about, and then you know, he's he, what's this? So he's not pressing. He doesn't work hard enough. Yeah, but that, kind of shows that, that wasn't a problem when he was scoring and they were winning. Yeah, yeah. Now, he's, now he's, already, already, he's already scored half the goals Cavani scored in the entirety of last season. Yeah, Cavani but what about the the development of Sancho and Bonnie well, Van de Beek? He's had plenty that, of chances. But yeah, that, Sancho's played almost every match. He's that's, been shit. I think that's down to again Oli and his his style. I feel if you if you if Cavani's fit, play Cavani and Ronaldo up, up together. If I if yeah. I'm honest, I feel because Cavani then gives you that extra push up front because he does press. You know what I mean? And like I feel that, like Ronaldo and Benzema worked well together. Cavani and Ronaldo theoretically should work well together as well. Um, I just feel that Ollie's, you know, with he, Van der Beek, like he's obviously like you know he's abusing. Uh, yeah, that's, Ollie, that's borderline, borderline he, bullying. He hits him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it feels bullying. so bad for him, like so oh, bad for him. He's broken. He didn't even celebrate the winner against Atlanta. Um, don't blame three. him. Oh no, it's completely. But Ollie's too much of a coward that he oh, won't I don't know. drop Hugger. I read it. What? Harry thought you were celebrating. He dropped Ronaldo and got absolutely flamed. Yeah, but Pogba. He didn't drop just, him; he subbed him. Pogba, he gets semi-dropped. He doesn't start, but then he gets didn't brought on like the fiftieth well. minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but like Pogba's so clear that he doesn't want to be there. He's playing badly. Sorry. He's getting even... sent, sent off. But the second that, that suspension ends, he'll be back on. You're drinking a bit of that Sunes sauce. Fine. <laughs> 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 Yeah. The thing, thing is with like Sunes, like I think he does have an agenda against Pogba, but 
I bet he was but, licking his lips when he got yeah. that red card. Oh, of course, he was. <laughs> of course he was. But it's like with Pogba, though, like it's one of those things where like he's obviously a very good player, but more often than not, he he just doesn't show up for United. Like yeah, on his true. day, he's great. And like I think he's a great player. And when he's on, I love watching him like play. But it's just like people would say, like, arguing whether or not he like purposely got that red card the other day. And I'm like, I don't, I'd like to think that he didn't, but part of me also thinks that, like, he's that type of shit house where I well, feel he, he, he walked off do the it. Pitch, literally laughing. Yeah. I, I, I do think his attitude does think, like, that some, there's something. But I don't know, again, like, it's that player power thing, isn't it? Like, so many times we see it where, like, players just kind of down tools because they don't want the manager involved. Like Newcastle did it for ages until Bruce eventually got sacked. But I mean that was true commitment to getting them sacked. But there you go. Um so moving on from my night, obviously it's I think it's a situation that's not going to change until they get a new manager, if I'm quite honest. So we could we could talk yeah. about that for ages. Um something briefly on Chelsea versus Norwich, uh 7 0 obviously Chelsea. Um I think how Speaking of managers who've clung on to their jobs, like for a, a club that's clearly just settled for bouncing back up and down, Norwich are it because they know if they get back to the championship, Fark is probably going to get them back up again. So that when people are saying, How is he still in his job? That's exactly the reason why, isn't it? Because they know that he's a good championship manager, so they'll probably get him promoted. Like it, it baffles me that he's not been sacked. The like you talk about United players like kind of not looking interested on Newcastle players not looking interested. The Norwich team, like, literally looked like... I, I've never seen a team that just looked, like, so lacklustre. It, it's, like, embarrassing. Yeah. He come out and, and said then, that yeah. he won't take them down, didn't he? As in, he won't... won't if, sink them. He won't sink yeah. them, that's the word. But, fuck, they're already sunk. They're oh. gone. No, no, not yet. I've got a name. Tony Pulis. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, or maybe Sam Allardyce. Or who else is, like... Ian Holloway. Yeah. And Pierbusley. <laughs> that's a throwback. Yeah, just fuck fuck Norwich, man. Like waste of time. It, it's such a waste. Like we could we could realistically what have they scored two goals this season or something, isn't it? I'm not sure. Like uh, I, I, at the start of the season I was a defender of Norwich saying that they've got limited budget, but now I'm just sick of them. They haven't mm-hmm. improved. Like, but they spent they spent more this summer than they normally do when they come up. Yes. So they yeah. they had a they've had a go. But the depressing thing is though, if you look at the championship, you've got Bournemouth and Fulham at the top of the table, and you just know it's going to be the same next season. Well, Bournemouth yeah. are undefeated, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. Fulham do well. I think West West Brom are in the playoff places. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I hate West Brom. Mm. Are another one. I think I've said this on the previous podcast. Fuck West Brom as well. <laughs> like mm. I can't stand them. Like there's nothing redeemable about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, they they are first, second, third. <laughs> yeah, it's just boring. It was nice when Brentford came up. You know what I mean? Even Sheffield United to a certain point because they had these yeah, games yeah. to start. Yeah. You know the, what I mean? The rest of the the rest of the payoff places is Coventry, Luton, Middlesbrough. That would be a much nicer promotion group. Again, Middlesbrough another one who come up and just bottle it though, didn't they? Like, well, they come up once like every Coventry. ten years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, fuck, fuck Norwich and fuck West Brom. And I'm, I'm Bournemouth, I can't find shite houses. Um, number four, uh, Adrian Ranieri, Richard called it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like out of nowhere, 
comes and gets a fucking, was it, 5-2 win against Everton from a losing position. Champions League contenders out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the wheels have slowly or very quickly come off for Rafa there. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I was, I was right about Claudio. And um, they were obviously shocking against Liverpool. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it was like, if we bring up the minutes on how quick it was, it was very, very quick that they turned that around. And Josh King was having a field day. It was a good watch. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with Watford. And I, I'm a big fan of Claudio, as you say. I think he's a good coach. Well, out of, this, out of this run, what, I think on the last episode, you said seven or nine points that they'll get from this run of games that they've got, which is really tough. So they've, already, they've got three now. So, you know, it'll be quite interesting to see how they actually come out with that. Because uh, I still think that they're, they're going to get relegated. And I still think, again, another team where I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, fair play to it. I mean, I thought Everton were, once. what was it? They got, did they get 2-1 up? Because it went 1-1 and then 2-1, didn't it? I think. Yeah. And then, like, I thought at that point they were just going to go into, like, cruise control. But then, like, Watford just fucking stunned them. And fair play to them. Because uh, that's the fight you need. Like, it's a fight that you don't see from Norwich. That kind of fight to from a losing position to really, like, come back into the game. And if they can keep yeah. that up, they might surprise us. But I don't think they will. Um, Everton's defending was horrendous. Oh, I remember yeah. back the game. It was shocking, which is really uncharacteristic. From so, Rafa's like, teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which so there'll be a few bollockings going on. Yeah, if, uh, if anything, you could accuse Rafa of being boring, but solid defensively, and like it just it was it was it just didn't look like like you said like a Rafa team. But yeah, be interested to see what they do because uh, Everton a team that spent a lot of money in the last few years, haven't they? We talk about yes. other teams spending spending money and not seeing results, but Everton really have spent a lot of money and have not mm. got anything to show for it. Like, they haven't even got a European place to show for it, have they? Um, whereas in the past, when they were a bit more frugal, maybe with Moyes, obviously they were challenging for those top spots. But uh, there we go. I think, like, the, the moral to take from this story, guys, is that Moyes is obviously a very good manager, despite his uh, stints with Sunderland. And, uh, <laughs> You know, that's Sunderland and Real Sociedad to that list. Well, Sunderland, he came in. I think he just knew, didn't he? He came in. He was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, we're in a relegation battle. <laughs> it's just like straight away. And yeah, like, he was like, he it's like Donald you've been Bob. here for a day. It's like you've been here for a day. He signed half his old fucking Everton squad. Fucking right. Stephen Pienaar. Jesus Christ. But uh, right. well, there we go. Um, so I think the last bit and kind of talking about the games that have gone by, maybe. But uh, Spurs. Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. A prediction that uh, Richard got spot on, 1-0 West Ham. Um, time. West Ham. We've lost. Play very we've well. Lost, <laughs> we've lost four London derbies this year. Played four, lost four. It's just, I was in work, so I missed the first half and I was looking on Twitter and I seen, oh, we're playing well. We're playing the, the classic. We're playing well. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, boys, so, you three points our way here, boys. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, right, I'm going to rush home. I'll watch the second half. And fucking hell, I may as well stay in work. We've played three <laughs> games this year where we haven't had a shot in the second half. It's just boring. It's predictable. It's no quality. There's no creativity. Harry Kane may as well not play. It's just it's bad. Because and what made that even worse was we didn't take the starting eleven to 
the Netherlands because we rested them. Uh, we got we lost in we lost in uh, the Netherlands and then we lost on Sunday. Just a circus. It was a waste of time. Awful to watch. It's, it was really poor. Yeah, it's really, really it's awful. really painful. It's just basically put me to sleep. Yeah, we we won in the week against Burnley, which was apparently another poor game, but I was in work and missed that one, thankfully. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Man United will win on Sunday, or Saturday, sorry. It's just straight in the stars. I've, I've already accepted it. We'll talk about it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's all I've got to say. I think myself and Nathan said it already. I, I personally hope that Spurs win this weekend just because yeah. I, I think Oli needs to be put out of his misery sooner rather than later. And I think that's if you lose... It. If he loses on this weekend and then the following weekend, I think he's it's in it's indefensible keeping him any longer, isn't it? I don't. I to me, all, in all honesty, I, I know I do think that as well, but I feel that it's got to get it's got to get to the point where even, even Fergie's like, "All right, boys, like <laughs> I've had enough now." But uh, yeah. so there we go. If he manages out last Nuno, he's done well to be fair to him. Yeah, yeah. Because they I mean, both should be on the next train out of out of their clubs. <laughs> I thought you were going to name a particular station there. <laughs> I thought you were like, yes, hey now, Piccadilly. <laughs> um, which would apply to both Manchester and London. Uh, before we do go to our half-time break, uh, Scott, I'm assuming, because it's been two weeks, that we have a good at United update. Yeah. Played two should... games since you last spoke. Oh, yeah, um, hang, one, on. Two games. hang on, hang on. Oh, spoilers. I was going to leave a little pause in there for the music, but there we go. Just carry on. So how did he get on? How did he get on, Scott? Uh, we beat Penner two weeks ago. Penner one. Penner Robbins, yeah. And <laughs> 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 uh, uh, then we beat Fishguard seven two on Saturday. Oh, very nice. Oh, uh, the Derby. The Derby. Derby. Yeah. Ah. Fishguard, you suck nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah, fuck fish guard. Uh, but well done, Scott. Did you score yet? Yeah? I scored against Penner. Way! <laughs> so I'm off the mark. Look out! <laughs> Do the sour on celebration. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, the boys. We'll uh, we'll call it half time there. I'm just going to grab another drink and then we'll. Uh... All right, see you in twenty minutes. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> So, boys, um, moving on from, you know, obviously news throughout the weeks that we weren't here, but um, some positive news for our Let's All Laugh at Barcelona section. Coman's gone after getting the back end of the board. All it took was a defeat in El Clasico and a defeat in Rio Vallecano. I think, was it you, Scott, who said, or Nathan, who said that they hadn't been beat by them since 2002? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's all it took after they gave them the back end. Uh, for him to be axed, but yeah, more delight coming out of Barcelona. And that was it, Xavi, oh, who's, Xavi who's been lined up to take over, even though Mikel Arteta, brave. Mikel Arteta deemed it um, <laughs> deemed it like you know reasonable oh, yeah. to put put himself out of the race. <laughs> Literally, no one's heard. They were gutted. I, I don't know if it's for me. They're like asking him. They're like asking him, like, how you feeling about the weekend? He goes, "Well, I'd just like to say first of all, <laughs> I'm not interested in the Barca job." <laughs> Trust the process. <laughs> uh, 
It's very but, brave to go for Xavi, I think. Yeah. It's, it's another... Soldier? Yeah, I was about to say, it's another one of those situations where, like, they'll just accept the mediocre, mediocrity because it's a club legend, you know? Although, that's awesome, like, you know, like, we get those, like, proper massive fanboys on, like, Twitter, where it's, like, the header is, like, Leo Messi, and it's, like, boss till I die and stuff like that. And it, there was one of these guys who, like, put a picture of, like, whatever club in, like, the Middle East that he's managing. And they're, like, look. Yeah. And they're, like, look at this. It's exactly, like, how Barca used to play. And it's, like, if he brings that to Barca, it'll bring back the good times. And I was, like, he's managing in, like, a fucking, like, nothing league. Like, <laughs> mm. like with nothing players. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not how it works. Like, oh, hello, Peggy. Well, so probably do a bit of a soul show. To start with, right? To be, be, to be the, fair, the so- cult, cultural events. will be the fans will come back again. There might be a better feeling around the club, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's a media. They'll have a mediocre year, and the damage they've done to their squads, they've lost good players financially. They're probably going to have to get rid of more. So, like they, they're definitely a long term. Uh, got big issues, obviously. But to be fair, he's probably got better players at El Sad than than Luke Dion. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> he's probably on a winner there. I mean, yeah, Braithwaite, gonna, of course. It's yeah, all it's all over. It's all over when Braithwaite comes back, boys. <laughs> Late <laughs> title charge. But um, <laughs> fucking Aguero made his first appearance, then didn't he? Over the weekend, or like a weekend or two ago, he scored. Didn't he? he scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the ninety seventh, was it ninety seventh minute? He he he's hating his life, isn't he? He only went there because of Messi, and then like Messi just like bye. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, he should have played for free, boys. He should have played for free. That comment came out, I think, after our last podcast with the Barca president saying he'd hoped he'd play for free. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we were dealer, fuck off. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Redknapp suddenly Oh, that'd be brilliant if they brought him in as like fucking sporting director. <laughs> Imagine how red he'd get. Yeah. <laughs> how, many button, how many buttons down on his shirt? Like, <laughs> Brings Jamie in as his right-hand man. And he's just like selling sketches to gravy. all the players. <laughs> um, all right, then. So um, with that, that's all off the Barcelona section. Burn. Um, we've got a new section. And it's inspired by Gattuso. We did talk about this, Nathan. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> okay, so this is just going to be a section where we highlight something particularly good uh, that's happened in football, like in the week or the weeks gone by, and uh, something particularly shit. Hence, sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. Um, so yeah, there's something sometimes maybe good thing I'd like to highlight is uh, are you guys aware of Josh Cavallo? I mean, probably you probably are. Yeah. Um, the Aussie. Yeah, the Aussie. Um, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, glad yeah. you went with the Aussie as a description. Yeah, so Adelaide United player Josh Cavallo, uh, he's come out as gay and he's uh, actually become the first uh, and only current top flight male professional footballer in the world to do so. Um, Calling Australia top flight is a bit, <laughs> you know. I like how that's what you've got issue with. That's like, that's, <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a good thing. It's like, not really top flight though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was a joke. It was a joke. But in, in all seriousness, I think it's it's fantastic that he's, you know, been able to do so. I think I heard a good thing 
there was there's a big debate on it um on on the radio about you know you know who Simon Jordan is, don't you? The fucking yeah. prick, right? Unfortunately. He was like, well, I don't know why he needs to. Like, I don't go around saying I'm straight. And it's like, that's not the fucking no. point, is it? That is, that, that's the kind of attitude that everyone has, which is why a lot of people say. He did raise a good question. He goes, I wonder why he's decided now. Like, as, as someone in the media maybe, maybe found out and said, I'm going to run this story. And then he's felt, uh, you know, I, mean, I, hope, I, hope, I hope that's not the case. I hope it is. He's just decided... I'm going to yeah. be that figure who comes out. And I think, obviously, it's fantastic for football. And it's in terms of, like, you know, hopefully changing mentalities and hopefully players do feel comfortable. Because no doubt in top, top flights across Europe, there are people who are gay playing the game who obviously don't feel comfortable coming out. Um, but hopefully it does start uh, spark a bit of change in that. Um, I mean, 100%. It doesn't have to be anything insincere or... He doesn't have to be blackmailed or want to be a figure. He could have just been sick of pretending to be something he wasn't. Oh no, I know. I'm uh, saying, I'm saying, I'm, I hope it is that is the case. That's that's all I'm saying. I hope it is that that it, it was his choice and he wanted to do that. Um, like, look at the player. What was it? Is it Hitzelsberger that didn't come out oh, until yeah. after he'd retired? That must have sucked. Yeah, I think it. It's one of those things where I think, like in Australia, I imagine just like the the attitudes in Australia. I don't know how you know what. What Australia is like in terms of like the homophobic attitudes and things like that, but um, you'd think that the, they'd be a lot more accepting. I, I imagine if something like that happened in England, you can imagine just like the abuse that people would get immediately. You can already imagine the chance like straight away. But uh, I think it, it's it's a, it's a fantastic story. The they would stop the chance, though. You know, I think generally. Everything that we've seen that most football fans, the vast majority of fans, obviously all the clubs as well, they're against homophobia, they're yeah. against yeah. racism. So if something did happen like that, it would be cramped down. It's probably more the um line. It's, it, it, it's the it's probably the more covert stuff. It's like, you know, people in the pub just hanging out. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then having that attitude is as opposed to like, you're not gonna get. And it's the online yeah. abuse as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hiding behind a player avatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. using their real name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. yeah stop doing that, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be smart enough for that. Yeah. Um, to be fair, you could put Jeffrey Dahmer up front. If he scores you 30 a season, you're still going to love him, aren't you? So it's. Uh... <laughs> oh, I'll get my team towel out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to sometimes maybe bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Obviously, I think each week there's going to be a couple of things that could be sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. I think the thing that I personally, if you guys have any nominations as well, like feel free to put them forward. But um, obviously, we didn't really touch on it that much. We did speak about it, but the sacking of Bruce um, is a big yeah. thing. I think you're rolling your eyes, Richard, but the sometimes maybe shit is is the treatment that he received yeah um as as a manager like the the level of abuse he got was just wasn't acceptable and i'm glad that he's gone because i think like you know finally he can just get some like you know just chill and not have to worry about fucking the abuse he gets all the time and you're laughing richard but it, it was ridiculous <laughs> no, I, no I'm, I'm not laughing about it. i'm just his uh his mate Ashley hooked him up though, didn't he? Did he sign a new contract in the summer? Yeah, just before. He's, walk, he's walked away with eight million now. Eight million. Con- Thank condemning you. any actual like abuse he received or any the abuse that he received, well, his family received. Of course, that's completely condemnable. 
I don't think anyone in their right mind is saying that it was a good thing that he got abused. Um, but obviously, in the job, he had to go. If you look at his performance, he had to go. Like the, the win ratio was terrible, and I agree. You know, but it all, all it these other clubs, maybe aside abuse, from your club, I, no, but I, I'm not saying to allow the abuse, but like to understand where Newcastle fans are coming from in general to be like wanting him out and he's got a lot of, sort of friends within the media that would then jump on the pockets of the nasty trolls as opposed to the general feeling of the vast majority of fans. Yeah. Like can I just, make, can I just make a counterpoint? Nathan, you might be able to back me up because you were there at the game is a thousands game in charge. So when the game started, obviously the spirits were massively high because the takeover had gone. The real enemy, as people will put it, is Ashley is now gone. They've got the new owners and the mood obviously was massive. It was great, a great atmosphere. As soon as they started losing, the attention went to Bruce and they started abusing them. And like the point is, yeah, obviously his performances weren't good enough. Yes, he should have gone. But my point is the attitude towards the guy was vile. And it was from day one. It wasn't a thing like, oh, we're angry at Ashley. That's who we're abusing. It was never that. It was a case of they didn't like Bruce from day one. May, you know, mainly because they thought he was too, you know, maybe too low for them, but also because of the fact that he managed Sunderland. And I think the abuse he got wasn't just an online troll situation. It was it was stadium-wide. You might be able to yeah. back me up with that, Nathan. At the match, it was absolutely awful. The chants were actually a bit grim. And I was, think, I was thinking there, when I was there, I was like, if you're doing this every match, never mind him, what effect does that have on the players? If the second you get into a losing position, you're just all chanting abuse at the manager, the players must be thinking, fuck's sake, like, what is the point? Mm-hmm. Like, did you see Saint Maximum's message to him? I thought that was lovely. I think that's so what the players thought of him. Yeah, yeah, of course. But like, so when um, eventually, as we predict, fans turn on Ollie or the fans turn on Nuno, and you know the chants get nasty and the trolls get nasty and the vibe gets nasty, you know, you'll be in the exact same position. And what well, I'm saying is, you're saying, you're saying about trolls. Um, I don't think yeah, it was just trolls in Newcastle. It was no, like, I, I, like I said, of course. I, I, no, but I'm saying like in general, I, when the fans yeah. turn and you'll hear it on the terraces, as they say, you'll hear the abuse, you'll hear the, you know, and you know the cameras will pan in on them, like they do. They pans right think, in on Bruce, and it was difficult to watch. I admit that. I think it's they, there's yeah. a difference to express your feelings. I think if your chant didn't get Bruce out, it's different. I suppose you can express your feeling, but there was personal, hatred there, wasn't yeah. there? There was mm-hmm. hatred there. Because with Spurs and Nuno, I think the majority of fans want him out, but you won't see people criticizing him as a person. Like as the a person, he, he seems stays really in the job nice for three person. years and refuses to go, and even after a whole season of wanting him to go, and but why? Why, why, yeah, why, but like, he, why should he go? He, he shouldn't have gone based on last season because he, he he achieved what the target was to stay up, and he also yeah, and he, he improved so the league position. We fucking near yeah. the bottom of the league with but, no wins, and so it's like you're, I know what you're trying to say is like it's not good for the abusive side, and I'm not endorsing the abusive side. But when fans get so desperate that that sort of mood gets so vile that it has that kind of response, it, that's not just like in a vacuum. That's just magically I, appeared overnight. That is built up over a few years. Like yeah, that's, that's fair enough. But then you look at someone like Man United, right? The Man United fans did the best thing they could have done to show their displeasure. They all fucking left. Yeah, you know what I mean. They all walked out. That's sh- that's the biggest way to show. Like an empty stadium is the biggest way to show your displeasure at the football you're seeing on the pitch. You know what I mean? 
And like we've had it with Newcastle where they say, oh, look out for this big thing that's going to happen to protest what's happening on the pitch. And then they do they fucking throw paper airplanes or something on the pitch and then start the vile abuse. And I just feel like realistically, with Man United fans, you could understand the abuse because they've come from a position where they've won stuff for years. Newcastle, they've been a mediocre club for fucking ages. Mm. And I, I, realistically, what are they expecting? Yeah, they're going to be in a relegation battle. Now, maybe not because they've got this rich investment that's coming to the club. Now you could understand it if they, for instance, won something next year and then all of a sudden they were in like, you know, in a relegation battle. Yeah, fair enough. You could understand that outrage. But at the end of the day, they've been bouncing up and down the league table. They've been in the championship a few times. You know, realistically, what Bruce is doing is it's something that they should be used to. That level of personal abuse is not justified because of the site, you know, the way they've been playing the pitch. Because realistically, it's well, stuff that they've been experiencing for years. To back up your point, Lev, uh, I've just got Newcastle's finishes since Rafa took over. And Rafa had more time in the Premier League than Bruce, but Bruce had higher finishes in the Premier League than Rafa ever did. For Newcastle. And look at the, the amount of money spent. I would say, I, I definitely don't think Bruce would have spent more. Yeah, but then you say that, but then, um, then so you criticise Ashley for not spending enough. You, you, you wouldn't pay for Rondon at the time, but then he spent, what, 40 odd million on Joe Linton. Net and spend, I, I get your point. Net spend. That's not Bruce's fault. I'm saying the money was Bruce's fault. But this is the point well, I'm we're making. Basically, we're, well. we're talking about results, essentially, at the core of this. And he had to go because he was bad. Now, as I've said before, and I'm not going to say it again. I agree with that. I do agree abuse. with that. But when tensions get so much that it spills over, and you've basically been watching a club rot for the last 20 years, you have to understand the psychology of a fan who's had to sit there for years. I sat through Carver, sat through Pardew, sat through McLaren. It was a shower of shit. But I sat through it and so did all those other people. And they've been carrying on doing it. And they have a right to want him out. And now we've got this bigger potential future. It's a good thing. And it's like, I don't know, you're just kind of using it as a stick to beat Newcastle fans because that's the, the going rate these days. Because now we're know, the, the super right. club. But in, in all fairness, Richard, I think like the other two have taken the piss out of me because they say I'm a secret Newcastle fan. Because I'm actually someone who I defend Newcastle a lot. Yeah. As as, as a as a Sunderland fan, you think I'd be the first one shitting it. I like to think that the assessment I give is quite honest and like it's it's accurate. And I feel that like, I I feel like I don't, I don't think you can deny that the personal abuse level that Bruce is just unacceptable. Like, and I would say, and I would say this. Like, to be fair, the amount of abuse that Moyes got at Sunderland. Like that was also probably at the same, like maybe not at the same level, but it was. Like Jack Colback getting well, golf balls thrown at him. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, well, what, yeah. and I wouldn't defend that. You know what I mean? I would never defend that because at the end of the day, it's just a game. Like I, I, I would never defend that kind of behavior. But uh, <laughs> and like, like I said, I don't think it, it, it's not. I'm not saying all Newcastle fans are bad, but what I'm saying is. The abuse—it was like mob. It was mob mentality with the with the Bruce abuse. Like it wasn't just Everyone a few loves trials. A good pitchfork, big pitchfork burning. It was like it was like it was like the Simpsons movie where they all turn up outside Homer's house after he fucking poisons the lake. Um, but yeah, that is sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> oh, that got quite heated, didn't it? Right, boys. Yeah. Just, yeah. Sorry, carry on, Nathan. Go on. I was just going to say, it's a, one sometimes last dig. <laughs> sometimes maybe good just to lighten it up at the end. You should reference, I mean, you see that story about Arsenal and the, the autistic kids with sensory issues. Yes, no. I did. That was good. I didn't see Yeah, this. that was actually quite nice. The kid, like, 
it was taken to his first football match. Didn't like it. Didn't like all the chanting and the cheering. They're about to leave. A random steward said, "Why are you leaving?" And the dad told them. And they went, "Hold on a minute." And they had uh, some other special steward bringing them up to like a specialist sensory room near the boxes. And they got oh, to watch fantastic. the rest of the match from there. And they loved the match. And uh, yeah, this very nice steward brought them up and didn't ask them for any money or anything. Just sent them in there. That's awesome. That's I, always, I always loved Arsenal. Rewind <laughs> 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 um, the tape. Let's hear it. <laughs> right, boys. So we're getting into the Premier Quiz League. Um, so this week, the challenge for you boys is I want you to name me stadiums where a team has played Premier League games. So that would be the team's home Premier League stadium. So there's quite a few to choose from, but we'll go until someone is old and new. Standing. Old and new. And um, if they've changed it to like a sponsor name, does that still count? Yeah. So sponsor. I mean, like yeah. for for instance, like if you went for the one new, the, uh, you know, at Newcastle, either name would work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Although I would appreciate the other one more. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Also, there is one answer that will get you a bonus point. Okay, who's starting? And the yes. old ones, old stadiums as well, or is it, yeah. Old stadiums as well. Yeah. Highbury, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Nathan. My heart lane. Yeah. I'm gonna go for the Dell. Yep. The Riverside. Yep. The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, St. James's Park. Old Trafford. Yep. Um, it's me. Uh, Main Road. Yep. Stadium of Lights. Yep. Ewood Park. Ooh, yeah. The Liberty Stadium. Yes. AC Stadium. Sorry, what was that? KC Stadium, Hulls, Hulls Ground. Yeah. Anfield. Yeah. Arrow Road. Yeah. Bet365 Arena. <laughs> Formerly known as Britannia, yes. Uh, Etihad. Yes. Um, Villa Park. Scott, um, you're like literally struggling already. You've already said one yeah, of your team stadiums. All right. Go. <laughs> I was going to say um, Vicarage, Vicarage Road. Road. Yeah. Is it me? Yeah. Emirates. Yep. Hawthorns. <laughs> Here we go. Power Road. We've already had that. Have we? Yeah. Get out. Oh, fuck. <laughs> ah, I'm burning! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Stamford Bridge. Yep. Uh, Craven Cottage. Yep. Amex. Yes. Selhurst Park. Yep. Hawthorns? Oh, we've already had that. Ah, Scott. <laughs> I would read that. I was expecting you to go for longer. I was, I was going to read the list of the ones that you, you didn't get, but I'll be here for more than you ask for next. Yeah, Molyneux, but you also forgot Zach Marley. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh. he said... He said Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Oh, well, I would have yeah, said that a second. 
I would have given someone that. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is different to White Hart Lane, though, isn't it? Yeah. The bonus one would have been Wembley. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, are you... mm, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, well done, Scott. That is... That's three and a bounce. Three and a bounce, is it? I mean, it'd be great if someone was keep. It'd be great if someone was keeping score with it, wouldn't it? Because <laughs> I'm not, not good at that. I have no idea who's winning. <laughs> not Richard. Yeah, I think um, there's nothing that matters. But speaking of Richard not winning, uh, let's get go. to the fantasy Premier League because we mm. had an agreement, didn't we, boys? That if my yes, brother Ben did. My brother Ben overtook any of us, specifically Richard, because he's so far down, um, in the fantasy Premier League table, that he would have to go to a Sunday match and vlog it. Now, as the as last weekend beckoned, my brother messaged me. He was like, if Salah has a good game this weekend, I'm going to overtake Richard. And I was like, yes, you fucking are. <laughs> and then, thankfully, Salah had a brilliant game against Manchester United. And I mean, everyone had quite a high points hole. Um, I mean, to be fair, Richard, you didn't do bad that week. You got 47. But, no, but I, li- I literally messaged him saying, please change your team and put Salah in. <laughs> I got my password and I was very busy this past few weeks. So yeah. I, gen- I genuinely haven't yeah. been able to log in. I'm, I saw Martinez got 20 points. You had, him as vice, you had him as vice captain. You had Lukaku as captain who didn't. He was injured, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he didn't play. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Richard is now 17th. And dead bottom. Ben overtook him. And so that means, Richard, you're going to have to go to a Sunderland game and do a bit of a vlog on it, my friend. Richard, just so you know, you're Still 200 time. points behind Harry. No, I mean, like, now it's happened, you have to do it. So, congrats. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Uh... Go pull the chest to the chest. <laughs> He's not having a good podcast. Um, um... <laughs> You went um, red earlier. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll uh, probably get mighty drunk and enjoy it. Do you know what? I will come with you. I will come with you. So I would, uh, not, I would not take that offer. He will at some point show that you're a Newcastle fan. Well, if you did that, no, then no. you'd be getting no, stabbed. The thing is, though, I don't no, think... you'd be getting stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> take them down, Pennywell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, uh, oh, you get the Finlands. Um, <laughs> There we go. Uh, in other news, um, Scott, you actually had a decent week. 102 points. I think everyone who had Salah in the team basically did well. Yeah. Um, and everyone who captained them, should I say. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you all laughed at me, boys, but I'm up to fifth now. The top is in sight. 532 points. Um, just behind Liam Houghton's regained the top spot on uh, number one. Although... We mentioned last episode, Aaron Geary, one of my mates, uh, another Man United fan, but he's 15th at the moment. I think even though he's not involved with the podcast, we should do some kind of like massive name and shame, get him on and just rinse him if uh, if Ben overtakes him. You well, he's below Harry Hiles, so we should I'll be tell our oh, oh, Harry. Oh, Harry. <laughs> Since we've assassinated Harry on the podcast, he's had a fucking nightmare. Has he just <laughs> given up, Scott? Do we know? Who? Harry Howells. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> he's gone down to 14th lesson. I looked at his team. He's clearly made some changes as well. Um, yeah. Uh, who, who's doing it for It's Ryan doing it for him. No, I don't think so. I think Ryan set it up for him, but I think he's... How old did I say he was? 
10 or something. Yeah, something like that. So I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Sort it out, Harry. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Nathan, you're next in terms of the podcast. You're second. So you've got 501 points. Scott, you kind of redeemed yourself a bit, but you're still 481. Ben isn't far behind you, Scott. You're not catching me. We'll be getting you uh, a vlog series at the Emirates. <laughs> yes, yeah. please. He's not catching me. The thing is, Nathan, like if so, if Ben actually overtook you, yeah, like we wouldn't send you to Liverpool because you'd probably not get a ticket. But the Etihad, there's always plenty of seats, so we'll get you in there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in the front row. It's got a streak across the stadium's pitch. <laughs> Yeah, but we all know that BBC wouldn't show that, would they? Um, I'll have to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, have a heart attack and, and you'll be on there. <laughs> um, right then, boys. So, getting to the important stuff. I did have this written down somewhere. What did I? I don't know what I've done with it. Uh, hang on, hang on. Prediction League. So... Obviously, we've missed out on two, but we did do the predictions for last weekend. Now, table when we last left it, uh, Scott was on 99 points. I was on 98. Nathan and Richard both tied on 89. Now, Richard had an absolute blinder week. The weekend just gone, and he got 21 points. So the table as it stands now is myself and Scott tied first on 118 points. Richard in second on 117 points. And then in last place... Oh, high five back. On 105 points. Oh, fuck. I think Nathan's, Nathan's just waiting for that moment, you know, like Dumbledore at the end of Philosopher's Stone, where he's like, and an award <laughs> for bravery. Goes, 100 points. Page <laughs> <laughs> well, of colours, is it order? <laughs> I know I'm gaining points on some of you, at least for the relegation predictions, because who predicted that Brentford was getting relegated? Uh, Scott, wasn't it? Absolute fool. The only thing is, though, you've got to remember... That you, Richard... you could be like Norwich by then. Yeah. you got to remember, though, that Richard doesn't get those bonus points. I think it... Well, I think the week 38, I'm quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, let's look ahead to this week M's games and get them up. So, Saturday, 30th of October, first game, Leicester v Arsenal. I've gone for 2 2. As have I. 3 1 Leicester. I've gone 2 1 Leicester. Burnley and Brentford. 3-0 Brentford. 2-1 uh, Brentford. Yeah, I'm going to 2-1 Brentford. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Liverpool v Brighton. 3-1 Liverpool. 3-0 Liverpool. 2-0 Liverpool. I don't 4-0 Liverpool. Man City versus Palace. 3 1 City. 3 0 City. 2 0 City. <laughs> That's literally identical. 
to like the Liverpool Brighton predictions. Uh, I'm gonna go four <laughs> nil. See, um, Newcastle v Chelsea. Um, three nil Chelsea. Uh, two one Newcastle. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me to fuck off when you're sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit <laughs> <laughs> not a fucking chance I've got 5 nil home 5 nil Chelsea 4 nil Chelsea Chelsea five are nil. without Havertz Lukaku and Werner but they were last week and they still won like 7 nil. so <laughs> and you aren't better than Norwich <laughs> yeah they are uh, Watford Southampton <laughs> Uh, 2-1 Watford. I've gone 2-0 Watford. 1-0 Southampton. I've gone 1-1. Tottenham Man United. Uh, 3-2 United. 1-1. United. I'm going... 2-2. Norwich Leeds. Who won Leeds? 1-0 Leeds. 3-0 Leeds. What was yours, Nathan? 2-1 Leeds. I'm going 2-0 Leeds. Rafinha's back, isn't he? Doesn't matter that defence is still I didn't know he was away. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't there for the last game. Uh Villa West Ham. 2 0 West Ham. 2 0 Villa. I've gone 2 1 West Ham. 2 1 West Ham as well. Lovely stuff. And then Wolves versus Everton. 2 1 to Everton. 0 0. (laughs) 2 0 Wolves. I've gone 2 0 Wolves as well. Yeah, lovely. Lovely to. What games do you think will stand out then for that one, boys? Um, I think, well, I think Chelsea. I think um, United Spurs, because it's kind of two managers under incredible strain. Yeah. I, can't, yeah. I, I just and don't see it being a good game, though. It's, it's gonna be a, I think it's going to be a bad game. I think Leicester yes. Arsenal could be a good game. Leicester Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially now that they've got the confidence that Arteta's staying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I've been I'm kind of shitting on Palace a bit in the past, but they, they played all right. Good football, yeah, yeah. So I know I've gone three 0 with City, but that could be an all right game. Good three 0 though. Yeah, it'd, it'd be a comfortable three 0 in the end, but like, Southampton South good. They do uh, all right. What's their striker called? Um, this, is it this, what's he called? Because of V, doesn't it, or something? What, what team? Southampton. V. Oh, Michael Obafemi. No, he plays uh, Swansea now. Does he? He's a he's a Swansea now. Yeah. Ah. Uh, oh no, not V. I'm thinking uh, Armando Broja. Broja is it? Yeah, you're, you're pretty oh, from Chelsea, is he? <laughs> is he from Chelsea as well? Is he? He's on loan. I think Livramento from Chelsea, isn't he? Yeah, both of them. He's very good. Yeah. yeah, I was considering him for my dream team. He's in mine. He got me eight points last week. Yeah. Ooh, well, who's Juan, got? 
Quang's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good boy. player. Good player. Uh, all right. We, we haven't done this in a few pods. What's your teams? Oh, yeah. Should we have a look for our teams then, shall we? <laughs> Although, can we can we make this agreement so no one, like, we don't we don't have any kind of, like, cheaty stuff, Richard? Um, uh, well, can you tell me who's <laughs> on my team? <laughs> <laughs> we Just have go to, on the website like, and click forgot password <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> can we oh, agree no. that if we you know whatever we do now whatever we say we'll have to be our starting team for uh well, no, disagree. no because i've literally just seen that one of my players there is injured we'll change him now okay and then say, so scott what's your team what for the weekend just gone or this yeah, week coming this week coming yeah Right, okay. I've got Sanchez in goal. I've got a back three of Liveramento, Keane and Zuma. I got Gray from Everton, Tillemans, Salah, Ben Rama, Mares. By the way, can we just say Tillemans has been playing a blinder in recent weeks? Quick response there, Richard. What did he say? Fucking hell. What? No, nothing. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, carry on, son. Carry on. Oh, I want to say the rest of my team now. Fuck you. No, I got, I got Tony it's, and Antonio. Up it's something that can only be laughed at when we're not being recorded. <laughs> I just edit it out. Just tell us. Oh, no. Like earlier when I was talking about Hitzelsberger, I was like, oh, I must have sucked. And then I saw <laughs> him. I saw him at the time. He burst out laughing. So literally at the time, I messaged him saying, "Did you laugh? It sucked." And he just responded saying, "Yes." <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, that was so good. I, was I, so just, I just keep that in. There's not wrong with that. Oh, no, oh. I was there, oh, man. I, was I knew that's what he was laughing at. Right. No, so it wasn't even a, wasn't so even a pun. Uh, uh, I had I held just, it in. We'll just put in, like, I'll put in over the top, uh, Michael Scott. That's what she said when you say it. <laughs> uh, so my, my team is Schmeichel, Cresswell, Rudiger, Diaz, Alexander-Arnold, Salah, Captain, Gray, Grealish, Firmino, Antonio, Tony. Nice. Mine is Sanchez, Trent, Diaz, Laporte, Tillman, Salah, Benrama, Mount. Just had to swap Kovacic out. Um, Ings, Antonio, Vardy. Do we tell you yours, Richard? You can do. I'm getting the team up here. Uh, Martinez, Shaw, <laughs> uh, Janssen, Alexander Arnold, Fernandez, Gallagher, Gray, Gilmore, Juan, Lukaku, Ronaldo. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to make some subs. I'm Three of your players to... are injured. Yeah. yeah. Well, team's yeah. died. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, like, I've got a couple. Uh, I've put a couple of city plays in there. And I'm a bit worried now because, like, though these are the type of games where, like, fucking Pep plays like fucking roulette with his squad, doesn't he? Like, where he just like he'll yeah. drop he'll Diaz will be the best centre back in the league, and he'll just drop him for no reason. Like, I've, I've loaded Chelsea squad. Yeah, I'm get, getting as many Chelsea players in as I can for the attacking Chelsea players anyway for Newcastle. Um, and uh, actually, I'm going to swap out. I'm going to swap out Diaz. Now I'm saying that. I'm going to swap Diaz out. Take the four point hit. I'm going to bring in Chilwell. Yeah, I'm going to swap Kovacic out. 
and uh, next next week, next whatever, Richard and I can report back on our trip to. Yes, mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Premier League podcast, Premier League podcast, Premier League podcast, boys. Are we getting a vlog. Oh yeah, do a vlog. No, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs>